0: Hey, welcome back to Adventures in Bad Parenting and other weird stories. I don't know what number of episode this is, but it is the Father's Day episode, and I, I had a really weird experience quite recently that I don't want to relate. To help you understand this, you have to know some things about my own father. My dad grew up on a ranch in southwestern Wyoming, and he was just kind of forged and made in a different time and place. If, if you listen to the episode about cowboy dentists, you know, that's my dad. Even though he wasn't a dentist, you, you have to listen to it to get the whole thing. And one thing my dad was not hept to uh, at all was popular culture, at least not from my time. Like, he'd listen to Elvis or whatever, but, like, when I tried to show him movies that were from my time, he kind of had this look on his face, like, oh, gosh. So one time, the tiny video store in our town had a copy of Edward Scissorhands, which, you know, it's its own weird thing. I brought that thing home, And believe it or not, for some reason, my dad usually wouldn't watch what I watched. Like, he usually watched John Wayne. I've I've seen The Green Berets, I don't know how many times, and uh, True Grit and Big Jake. Here's where the weird part happened. My dad, for some reason, sat down and watched that. I don't know why, it's definitely not his genre, (laughs) and my dad's the kind of guy as he watches that he's like instead of commenting on you know how they used I think it was a a town in Florida with all of those houses that look the same and they're all pastel or how all the cars backed out at a certain time or something about you know these artistic quirky things in the film what my dad says as he's watching Edward Scissorhands is it intrigues me how he goes to the bathroom and that's my dad but the thing is I swear, it was like in the last month, I was reading about the Edward Scissorhands movie. And according to theinsider.com, Tom Cruise wanted to be Edward Scissorhands. And he lost the role because he had questions about how does he go to the bathroom? Apparently, Tim Burton or whoever didn't like that. Like, he was not seeing the artistic vision here. He was being too analytical or whatever. But I think it's funny that my dad, who probably wouldn't like Tom Cruise if he ever met him and you know doesn't have much use for Hollywood types, um, was on the same wavelength as crazy Tom Cruise. And I just wonder if my dad will one day show up on the Oprah show and profess his undying love for my mom and, and then jump on Oprah's couch all weird and stuff. Because I think that would be awesome. And so for this episode, honoring my dad, who I think is awesome and I love very much, I want to share more stories about my dad. As Father's Day approaches. So, chapter one of this episode is my dad and the Boy Scouts. So, like in our religion, we're LDS, yes, whether you want to be a Boy Scout or not, at the time I was a kid, you were kind of drafted into it. And I know my dad thought it was really important that he support me and church programs, even though I, he, I think, was very tired and just wanted to get out of California and go back to Wyoming. But Every Wednesday night, we would go and do Boy Scouts, and my dad would just kind of chill in the corner and, like, you know, glare at the kids who he thought were unruly or bad. He didn't need to be there. It wasn't like he was assigned to help the Boy Scouts or he was a Scoutmaster or something. Again, I think he felt he was being supportive. And, you know, he didn't say much. But the one time he ever, like, tried to teach the kids or get, like, all involved with the kids was when we were doing first aid because they were talking about bleeding and for some reason, my dad heard the word blood, and, and he got engaged. He said, let me tell you guys something. This is him. These were his words. He said, let me tell you kids something. When I was with the 3rd Marine Division in Vietnam, once in a while, we got one who got himself shot. And that bleeding crap was hard to stop. And then he didn't say anything else. Like he just, you know, went back into his own world doing dad stuff. But believe me, they sheltered little Mormon Boy Scouts. They were scared. They all looked at my dad like, holy crap. And the the scout leaders too were like, Holy crap. And there was no happy ending to dad's like story of blood and gore. There was no, you know, but we stopped it and we saved people's. No, that was it. He was done. (laughs) And he didn't offer an easy way out on this, this tale. And the kids were just looking at him like, oh, I think one even said, wow, I never knew your dad talked. I was like, yeah, well, when he does, it's, it's intense. Chapter two, my dad versus popular culture. If you've heard the episode fun with anxiety, I mentioned how, Some religious person gave my dad a tape and it, you know, on it, this guy ranted and raved about how, you know, there could be evil in rock and roll music. I don't think my dad bought all of that. But yeah, my parents and me, I think were wary of what we watched and listened to. But um, my favorite show when I was little was Double Dare. And that show was awesome. Like, I wanted to be on the show. I watched it every day after school. And then, right after watching it, I would go into the backyard and build my own obstacle course and do it. I didn't have like food and whipped cream and all the crap they had on that show, but we had a lot of dirt. My dad was always building something or working on something in the backyard. So, I remember there was a huge uh, gravel pile in the backyard, and I would build like slides into it and I would hide things inside of it. My dad would be coming home around that time and I would be in the backyard like sliding through the dirt and like running and trying to find the flags like they did on the show. And I'm sure he was deeply disturbed. Like I have kids of my own now and when they do weird stuff, I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, I don't see this as, oh, it's, you know, childhood fun. I'm like, no, no, this is a gateway to, you know, some sort of deep psychological problem that is going to make it hard for everyone involved and probably be expensive with therapy and stuff. So I'm sure that's what my dad was thinking when he saw me doing this stuff. But one thing that was really sweet, I remember, is one time my dad came home right when I had the obstacle course set up and I hadn't gone on it yet. And I was like, Dad, do you want to see me do the obstacle course? I'm sure he was like, I don't know what he's doing. Okay. But I was like, do you want to see me do it? And he's like, okay. And I did the obstacle course and I remember my dad like cheering for me. He's like, yeah, go, go, good job, good, good. You know, I didn't think much of it as a kid, but now as an adult... I think about how exhausted you are after work and you have a strange child that's just weird doing weird crap rolling around in the gravel in the backyard and how he was able to overlook that long enough to, I guess, participate in my own fantasy. And looking back, that was pretty sweet. Funny enough, years later, my dad came home when I was in high school and I wasn't thankfully rolling around in the gravel making double deer obstacles anymore. But I was spraying WD-40 onto a little cardboard model of a house that I'd set on fire. And I was videotaping the whole thing because I had gotten into movie making and really wanted to make films. And I remember him just looking at me like, oh gosh, I finally finished that film. and And it was a horror movie about donuts that killed people. And they had nails for fangs. And there was tons and tons of girls screaming and corn syrupy blood all over the place. And I premiered it at my school and my dad came and my mom came and they both came and supported me. And I remember my dad telling somebody, all he had was a little camera, you know, and he still made this. That's all he had to work with. And so he was in my corner and I ended up going to film school. That's not a recipe for wealth or probably a real good use of your time. But even then, you know, my dad supported me on that and that was pretty cool. Chapter three, Would insanity sparks chivalry. I think it was actually after Boy Scouts or something. One time, my dad took me and my friend John to In N Out, and we're sitting there, and there's an older lady, you know, kind of sitting a little bit, a little ways away from us. And this guy comes in, and he's all disheveled. He has a freaky look in his eye. You can tell, you know, this guy is not stable instead of, you know, ordering something from the counter or just taking a seat, you know, and, and chilling there. No, he walks up to the old lady, and I think kind of sat in her booth, if memory serves, or like really close to her, and then looks at her and says, And her eyes got wide, and she got scared. And my dad is watching the whole thing, and instead of like being chivalrous and being like, hey, do you want to sit with us to this lady or anything like that? he starts laughing and he laughed the whole time. Like all through the meal, we threw the meal away. We got in the car and my dad starts laughing again. And he was like, that old boy came up to her and had something to say. And, and she didn't like that at all. But my my dad sure thought that was funny. And, and my friend was like, I didn't know your dad like laughed at things. And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he does sometimes. Ironically, we were going through Blythe, California one time. And, uh, I remember we went to KFC, and we were getting out. It was my dad, me, and my mom. And for some reason, I'd never seen my dad do this before. He walks over to the passenger side, unlocks the door, and opens the door for my mom. And I was just like, whoa. Like, are they on a date? What is going on? I've never seen him do that before. I wasn't sure what the deal was. But when my dad slams the door, I realize it's because there was a spooky, like, seedy dude um, hanging out like right by kind of the door. And I think he didn't say anything, but I think that was his way of kind of intercepting, kind of protecting my mom. So I think it's weird that people who are sketchy, unfortunately brought out my dad's sense of humor and his sense of chivalry uh, on two separate occasions. All right, next chapter, shorts are not my thing. My dad, I think I've seen him wearing shorts twice in my life. Again, you know, he grew up on a ranch in Wyoming. It's not exactly a shorts wearing place. It's pretty cold and windy. One time, you know, I know we were on a trip somewhere and we went swimming and he, I believe it or not, I didn't know he had them, but he had a pair of swimming shorts and he, he hung out in the hot tub for a minute. And then later on in life, he bought a hot tub and built a house, like a little like gazebo, but enclosed to go around said hot tub. And uh, even though he paid all that money and did all that work, he got in the hot tub once. He was like, "Now this is an investment on the property. We should just, you know, drain it and and have it ready for, you know, the buyer. <laughs> but one time, yeah, he put on shorts and got in the hot tub. So... I just hope if if it's not apparent already, you know, what kind of guy my dad was. This is him. The funniest thing ever, though, was somehow he got talked into going on a cruise. It was a two-week cruise over Christmas. You know, it was when I was, you know, in my 20s. I didn't go. They made it all the way to Hawaii, I think, in the first week or something. And there's a picture of my dad wearing his Wranglers and, like, a button-up shirt and, I think, Rockport shoes like leaning against a palm tree on the beach. Like there are no shorts, there is no sandals. The old man looks like he's about to go to a square dance and he's he's there to party. He he's got his Wranglers. Incidentally, the other thing that was funny about my dad is he couldn't do vacations. Like usually vacations were going to check on rental properties or whatever. So this is like his first real vacation in life and there he is on the beach. And, you know, I guess when he was done wearing his Wranglers and his walking shoes on the beach, he then (laughs) called the airline. The whole plan was they were supposed to, you know, cruise to Hawaii and then cruise back. My dad called the airline and asked if there were any flights out of Honolulu to Salt Lake because, you know, he had been on a cruise for a week. That was good enough. You know, in the middle of winter, it was a few days after Christmas, he decided he needed to fly back into Salt Lake and then drive back to Wyoming, the frozen tundra, because... I don't know. Apparently Hawaii is too comfortable, but (laughs) ditto. He came to see me in Germany one time and uh, they were hanging out with us. And again, at about the one week of a two week trip, he said to my mom, hey, get on the internet and see if there are any flights out of Frankfurt. And we're like, wait, you want to go? And he's like, well, yeah, I got things to do back home. Again, there was no arguments, nothing uncomfortable or bad. It's just, you know, he's a busy man and has things to do. So I thought that was funny. My dad didn't get his way by the way on on either trip. He had to suffer through another week of Hawaii and a cruise and another week in Germany. He but he he sure tried tried to get out and get back to his homeland. Next chapter, Suburban Commando. My dad didn't talk about Vietnam a lot. Like, there are some stories, and he has some photographs and some things. But, you know, it wasn't anything he really wanted to talk about. He told me, you know, one time war is not fun. He was never, like, the macho guy. People stereotype military people. And like a lot of real service members, he was not a stereotype. But I remember one of the more interesting things that happened when I was a kid is our neighborhood and the area at large just started to go to pot uh, where we were living. And one night I was working on a science Olympiad project, I was 15, and we kept hearing a helicopter like fly over the neighborhood and you hear them sometimes, right? And you just kind of ignore them. But this thing was not passing by and going and doing its own thing. It kept moving in like circles. And we realized, oh man, and then we saw it was shining lights down into people's yards. They were looking for someone. And my mom was like, she made sure all the doors were locked and she turned on the outside lights to make it harder to you know, hide in the yard, which maybe you think that's paranoid. Honestly, I do the same thing. I remember I think there were phone calls too, to make sure the neighbors were safe and Anyway, at one point, I walk into the living room, and there's my dad, and it's like any other night. You know, for him, he has his Land's End catalog. He loves him some Land's End. My parents were obsessed with buying crap from Land's End, Eddie Bauer, and I think a few other. Wireless, Cold Creek, all these catalogs before Amazon became a thing. They loved them some fleece or whatever the heck they bought. He's sitting there casually wearing a pair of sweats and I think a sweater, and he has those drugstore reading glasses on, and his legs are crossed. He's reclining, reading *His Land's End*. But then, on his hip, he has a big leather holster. Yes, my dad had put a belt on while wearing sweats to accommodate his firearm. And he had taken uh, this old German Ruger Luger, excuse me, had taken this old German Luger that he had bought and loaded it and put it on his hip. And if you kicked in our door or broke through the window, he he was ready to to fix problems. And, and take care of things. And I always thought that was kind of cool. Like that, you know, he remembered what he had learned and he was ready. Next chapter where the red fern grows. I, I just like the name of that. I I did not, you know, have hunting dogs or anything. We did have a lot of pets though. And like I told you, um, usually they ended up being my dad's pets. Cause we did not take very good care of them. I, I know he didn't like them. He had disparaging like names for all of them, <laughs> The dog was the pot hound and I think he called the cat stud, which is better than like some of the other names. Anyway, I wanted a dog. My wife wanted a dog. We got a huge Saint Bernard. I think he was like hundred and thirty pounds. We named him Columbo. And uh then I got orders to Germany. And Columbo had like a knee replacement and he kinda limped sometimes and we didn't want him to have to be crated and flown over there and we didn't want him to have to deal with the stairs in our apartment complex. So I don't know why but I left that dog with my dad. If you get a chance please listen to the doctor's German hospitals and cowboy dentist episode and you can you can learn more about my dad's relationship with critters. But I left the dog with him and it started to turn out that my dad, I don't know why, started to love that dog it had its own supply of hot dogs in the fridge and my dad would chronically give him hot dogs and cheese and he got two walks a day. And my dad hung out with that dog all the time. And then my dad went out to feed him one day and there was vomit and diarrhea in the breezeway and the dog was dead. And someone in the neighborhood had been, I think giving antifreeze or maybe some kind of toxin to a bunch of dogs in the neighborhood. And a lot of them died and my dad was mad. This guy who did not like dogs, he was mad. He sent us this heartfelt letter that almost made me cry about how sad he was that happened and how upset he was. And then he like drove up to his ranch land with Columbo's remains and had them buried where Columbo used to like to go and run around and chase rabbits and, and do his, his dog stuff. And then later he got Columbo's remains in like disinterred, like dug up and sent to the university of Wyoming to find out more about how he was poisoned and what really happened. Cause he wanted to find the son of a gun who killed uh, his slash my dog. So I don't know. I was, I was really like that story. Not that the dog died, but that my dad could be so sweet about so many things. So I, I liked that a lot. Anyway, I love my dad. I hope I didn't embarrass him too much by relating these stories He's a lot of fun and uh, one of the hardest working, most motivated people you will ever meet. And I hope I can provide the things he provided for me and my siblings for my own kids. I want to wish every dad out there, especially the ones that are, are trying their best, uh, a happy Father's Day. Please uh, give a shout out to your dad if he was a good guy. And uh, being a dad or a mom, grandparent is hard work. We're going to get through this.